Welcome to the Finding the Magic podcast, where books come alive. I'm Tricia Copeland, a fiction author and host of this show. If you love books, finding great reads, and hearing about the story behind the story directly from the authors, this is the place for you. Whether you like fantasy, science fiction, dystopian, or romance titles, I think you'll find something to love in my playlist. Listen in to discover something magical about a book or two today. Welcome to the Finding the Magic podcast. I am here today with Laura Drake. She is a fantasy and paranormal author. Welcome, Laura. Thanks, Trisha. It's so great to be here. I'm so excited to talk to you about your books. I've browsed them a little bit on the internet. So you have the Chronicles of Andar series, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Yes. As well as Japanese haunting series. So I'm, I didn't read all the descriptions because I wanted to hear about it from you. So jump in and tell me where do you want to start with what you published first or? Yeah, yeah, we can start with the Chronicles of Andar. It was my first official series that I finished all the way and it's kind of, you know, like my baby. <laughs> um, so this, this is actually the only one that I have in paperback this series because the mag- or the hauntings ones are about to be released as like a four-in-one box set because they're little novellas. So all I have are these right now to show. But the magic books are fun because um, I find that as a writer, I tend to switch points of views when I write books. So like the first one is from this girl's point of view. And then the second one is from her friend's point of view. And then the third one is from another point of view. So I really enjoyed getting to write and like, it's like you get to see the story in the different ways and kind of pick it up with all these different thoughts. So I really love that. Um, it's kind of, I tell people it's like a Harry Potter, you know, magical academy. They get sorted into different academies based on their elemental magic. Um, it's like Harry Potter meets Avatar The Last Airbender. So um, I had a lot of fun with this series, like the the world building and the culture, like the different cultures of the different regions and just all that stuff. It was, it was really fun for me to kind of get going at the first book really, I feel like focuses a lot on the academy stuff, but after that, the world building really happens in two and three. So it was great. Neat. So it sounds like they're witches, correct? It's the witch series. Yeah. And are they living in our contemporary world or do they have a separate world? Yeah, it's a separate place. It's just this country called Andar, but like a hundred years ago, it was actually just these four elemental tribes, essentially, that each lived in different areas. And there was like a lot of wars and stuff that happened, but eventually they became unified and they formed the country. And now it's just the regions. And so they're like, their magic started mixing and that ended up creating this new magic. She's got like, it's called light magic and dark magic. Um, and then there's fire, water, wind, and um fire water wind and earth and or not wind air I guess I should say but anyway so yeah um I just totally forgot your question (laughs) (laughs) I was asking if they were in our world oh yeah and do they have normal technology like we have now no there's no like cars or um you know, anything like technology like that. There's no phones, but they have, they have things that, you know, I based it off of, like they have these crystals that they use, they're called communication crystals that are, they can kind of send messages or sometimes do videos, like kind of like video calling, you know? Um, <laughs> and they 
there's like different animals that each region kind of raises that they kind of use for transportation and they live with them and stuff. So that's kind of my replacement for cars and stuff like that. And then there's like, um, yeah, just like different things like that. Like they do, like they have this, a little bit of light magic that can be used to like transfer, transport between places through mirrors, oh. like mirror traveling. Um, but yeah, but now it's, it's pretty separate. Very cool. That, so your series in it, I'm guessing, even though each one is a different point of view, it, it continues the story, right? Right. Okay. Yeah, I have a similar series. Mine is called The Kingdom Journals, and I called it that, and it's an ur contemporary urban fantasy, but I called it that because it is told from a different point of view of each of the characters, but it continues the story. So I was making each one kind of a journal of that character and then telling their story. And then the next character continues the story. So yeah, I love that premise. Did you find that your readers were like, when they got to the second book, they were like, wait, what happened to the first character's point of view? And they were like shocked at first, but they're like, okay, no, this is good too. But then like every time there was a change, they were like, why did you do that? Oh yeah, I, ha I made it pretty clear because I call them like Kingdom Journal, Kingdom of Embers, Alina's, um, Alina's story. And then the second one is Camille's story, is Kingdom of Darkness, Camille's story. So I made it pretty clear, but yeah, some, some of them were like, wait, where are we now? <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah, so there, I think there's a little bit of that, but um, I like, and I guess I could have written it third person, but I like the fact that you get that first person account of how that person was feeling and what their thoughts and were and what their motivations were, because some of my characters I felt like would be misunderstood, like, yeah, just my, no, I, my I opinion. Agree. Yeah, is that, I, I love mean, first person. Did you find that too? Yeah, I well, I think like people, a lot of people are like, oh, first person's so limited, you know, because you can only do what that person is seeing or feeling or what they know. But I feel like that's why I like it is because it's like you feel like you really bond with the character and you like are really immersed in the story because you don't know any more than they do. And like you can really relate to what's going through their head at the moment. So I, yeah, I feel like we must have pretty similar styles, but I love that kind of, like, even as a reader, I love it when I can read a story and then the author will like tell it again, but just from another character point of view. And I'm like, I love it. <laughs> yeah, I like that about Twilight too. I don't know if you ever read the um, version that was um, Edward's version of, or if you like that series or not, but yeah. Yeah, no, I think I did read it. Um, I haven't, it was a while ago, but. I, yeah, I pretty much anytime, like I read Twilight back in like junior high, but even when that came out, I was like, oh, I just love reading anything from a new point of view. Like I, there's this author, uh, Karen Lynch, do you know her? Oh no, I'll have to look her up. She does, she's urban fantasy. I love her books. And anyway, she has this trilogy called Relentless and then she rewrote it um, with, like she did all three books in one with Bailey, I'm on a Zoom call. She did uh, all three books in one, just like kind of con condensed it, but from the guy's point of view when all three were from the girls the first time. And I like loved hearing it from his side of the story. Oh, that's very cool. Tell us about the characters in each of the books so we'll learn a little bit more of them. <clears throat> so the first one is about Emmeline. Um, she is, she goes to this magical academy and she really struggles with, um, I guess you could say like her shyness and anxiety because she is the only one at school who doesn't have magic. 
and it's an academy of magicals. So she just really struggles to feel like she doesn't fit in and she can't find her place. But she has this group of best friends. Um, there's three of them, her roommate Ivy, and then these two brothers, Neil and Gray. And so the four of them just have this really great friendship that essentially that's the only reason that she feels like she belongs is because her friends are there. And then she has this uh, teacher, this mentor who pretty much he teaches all of her classes because she can't go to any of the normal ones and she doesn't have normal magic. So he's also kind of like a big brother to her. And so the first book is all about her kind of overcoming. She's got like this bully at school that she deals with and it's like her struggling to find her place and feel like she fits in and like learning how to protect her friends when all these crazy things start to happen. Like people are going missing around the school and like the school gets attacked and um, there's like this new magic that's appearing. And um, I guess it's not necessarily new magic, but it's like magic that's being used in ways that they haven't heard of before. And so there's like this big mystery and a little bit of a intrigue going on. And also there's like, you know, you're like getting backstory about there's a royal family and a missing princess. And um, so there's like a lot of that happening in book one. And then in book two, it sh shifts to Gray, one of the, the little brother. Um, he's like a huge jokester. He's like always making jokes and puns and kind of turning the situation lighter, even if it should be serious, but he's like super loyal. And he's probably one of my favorite characters. Um, he's just like, yeah, he's actually, well, I don't know, it's a bit of a spoiler, I guess, not really a spoiler, but he, he has a huge thing for Emmeline and, um, but she's totally oblivious to it because she has a thing for his brother. And um, so, yeah, I love him. And then the, it's like great because in the second book, he goes through a lot of really hard things that are in a contrast to his goofy personality. So it's like this pretty big character arc for him there. And then the third book shifts to his big brother who like ends up um, having to take on this huge responsibility. And he's already a really serious, like he was the one who's always like, guys, have you turned in your homework? Like get to bed on time, you know? Like he was kind of like their mom almost. Um, so they all tease him about that, but um, yeah. Anyway, so that's his, it's his story last, but it's like him dealing with the pressure of being like, people think he's a prodigy because he's got three types of magic and most people only have one or maybe two. Um, so it's like all this stuff and, yeah, I loved kind of getting each of the, like people will say like, it feels like Emma Line's story, but in my head, I'm like, no, like the first book was Emma Line's, the second book was Gray's and the third book is Neil's. Like they all have their own story that just furthers the overall plot. But um, yeah. I love that. It sounds great. How did you come up with the idea? Um, actually, <laughs> super cliche, but I had a dream one night when I was in Japan and I just woke up and I was like, it was just like all it was that I remembered, you know? when I woke up was somebody trapped in this crystal that was like draining their life. And uh, so then I woke up and I started writing all these notes and I don't know if you've ever done that where you're like, if you like, sometimes I feel like it slips away the more you try and think about it, but sometimes yeah. it comes back to you and you're like, oh, I gotta write it down as fast as I can. So I remember um, when I, I lived in Japan at the time and I had like this 80 minute commute to work on the train. And so I just spent the entire time like, you know, hashing out details for the plot. And all of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be three separate books. <laughs> wow, that is super cool. What fun. Did you always want to be a writer? Um, I've always liked writing. I know I did some writing in high school and like I've always been a huge reader. Like I 
I could blow through multiple books in a day, um, you know, like over a weekend and stuff. But I didn't seriously think about it until I moved to Japan. Um, I, I did start writing in college with a friend. We did like a, a co-writing project that we still haven't finished, but hopefully it'll uh, happen in the future. And then I, after college, I moved in with some other teachers. I was a fourth grade teacher before I left. And we all started writing a book together about how to be single, like what to expect when you're single. And <clears throat> So that was like another kind of attempt at writing, which we still haven't finished. But then I moved to Japan and I don't know why, but I guess it just flipped a switch and I had lots of time, like without any roommates around to hang out with. I was like, well, look at all this time I have to write. And so I started working on the first magic book and then I just got like deeper into the process and I got some beta readers and I started hearing people's reactions to the story. And I was like, wow, I love this. And then also like from that moment, it just like solidified my desire to want to do this for real. Very cool. And I'm guessing that living in Japan may have inspired your second series. <laughs> yes, yes, it definitely did. I've always had this huge love of Japan. Like, I don't know why, probably since I was 12 or so. I think I, I had this girl that I met at camp who was Japanese and we became pen pals. And then I, you know, like I, I love anime and like Japanese culture and food and like all the things that you think would be stereotypical, like, oh, you're a Japan nerd. But then also like I've lived there three separate times um and I just like every time I go back I just like love it so much and like the people and the culture and they're just like so friendly and anytime you say anything in Japanese they're just like wow your Japanese is so good and you're like it's really not I just said good morning or like whatever you know they're just like so supportive and I'm like I love all of them <laughs> and the name of your second series is Japanese hauntings yes so essentially what it is is uh, in the first book, you meet the main character, Selena, and her dad, and they end up moving into a haunted house, and it's haunted by a Japanese ghost. Um, and then that that ghost story arc is continued throughout the entire series, so it's like what happens in book one isn't resolved until the end, but also throughout each book, you end up meeting another Japanese ghost um, that they have to like overcome or defeat or whatever it is. So uh it's like each book has a different ghost that it focuses on and then it also has a lot of just Japanese like the the guy that she has a crush on in the in the series he's half Japanese and so they end up actually going to Japan for book two and that's based off of you know a lot of my time they're like things that I did with people when they came to visit me or things like that so that was really fun like working in all the Japanese cultural bits I think I love um Sorry, I feel like I'm talking a lot. <laughs> no, you shouldn't be. This is the point, right? <laughs> okay. um, I was gonna say, I love like um, like the fourth book in the series is actually from the guy's point of view. And so you get his like interaction with his parents and like you get the Japanese, it's like part of his daily life, like an integrated in. And so it's just really fun to work that stuff in for me because they say, you know, you should write what you know and that you wanna have like an inclusive cast of characters, but I don't like to just drop random like black characters or Spanish character, or like what, you know, like I don't want to drop any characters that I have no experience with, but I'm like, okay, Japanese at least I'm comfortable with. And I love like one of my arc readers that she just like, I don't know her, but she just signed up to read the books, you know, and she's actually, I want to say somewhere from like the Philippines maybe, or I don't remember, but somewhere in Asia. And anyway, one of her reviews was just like, I love that it's based on Asian lore and not just like American or, you know, like there's not a, always a ton of Asian inspired things. And so I love that I could, you know, do that for people. 
That's very cool. I just heard about, and I can't even say what they are now. It starts with an A, but it's these Japanese, and it's from Japanese culture, but it's these ghosts that hover above the water, but they're all ghosts that people that died in the ocean or in the water, and they're oh. what is it? Do you know? The I name? should know this actually because I'm pretty sure I referenced that in the fourth book when they're researching different types of ghosts, and there's like there's something like it's like. Um, I think oh, it's A-S-H something like that or I don't know anyway that was pretty interesting I just but I was on a Facebook party last night and somebody said well what kind of characters do you want and this girl said this and I was like I have to look that up <laughs> it was Japanese for these ghosts that are ghosts of the people who have died in the water and they yeah that's super funny I uh I don't know why I just like love Japan. I just want everybody to love Japan like I love Japan. So I guess that's probably why I did it. <laughs> well, um, I have a lot of travel in my books as well. And that's one thing I've been asked before. People say, well, did you go there? And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have been going to Iceland and Italy. Um, in my romance series, I have her going to China. And it's like, no, I just do research on the internet. <laughs> Do you think it's hard when you haven't been or do you feel like the research is enough? I think the, re I mean, yeah, I think the research is enough. Maybe if I were talking more about the characters, but they were really just visiting or on vacation or those yeah. types of things. Um, yeah. No, that's cool. I like. Hopefully it was enough. I mean, nobody said, I hate that. <laughs> I'm sure it was great. <laughs> <laughs> I like really the scenery is more important to me than than the rest I think but, yeah yeah no that's cool I like feeling like you get to get a glimpse of a new place when you read a book I mean most of my places are fictional and, and like at least in this series but like when they're based in real places I think as a writer I really hate research actually so I very rarely do things that require research so that's why I feel like I do so much like fake world building well that's it's a fantasy right so you can do that <laughs> yeah yeah it's fun I I do remember like in the in the hauntings books I have been like going back to school in California and I like named the school like I, in the last one he's like going to Berkeley so I kept asking my friend who's at Berkeley right now like I'm like hey is this this right or is this accurate and I'm like why did I choose a real school I should have just chosen a fake place <laughs> I'm like not worried about it so I'm like whatever yeah for my um my first series I did it was a college series it was based on Northwestern University I did get someone to read um that went to Northwestern but and I, I went to college a little bit ago. So the main thing, it was funny because the main thing was she was like, um, people don't own cars. We take the Lyft, you know, Lyft or Uber. I was like, oh yeah, okay. <laughs> Especially in the middle of Chicago, right? Yeah. It worked out. Funny. Yeah, she was like, she was like giving me to like, okay, here's like, there's a, there's a lot of cup bot places around campus or like there's lots of Froyo places and also here's all the trains that you can take to get all around California and I'm like oh no so much information <laughs> <laughs> well at least you got a little piece of that in there yeah yeah it was fun what do you have coming next are you planning anything else yeah I'm actually about to finish the first draft of a new novel it's my first standalone so I'm really excited about it um it's brand new like it's not related to any of the series from before but um, it's about this girl who is trapped in this realm called the in-between. And it's kind of like this place between life and death. So at the end of the first chapter, she realizes that she died and she has no memories of her old life. 
And so she has to decide if she wants to like pass on and to, you know, like the unknown and face whatever's next, or if she's going to try to return and get back to her old life. But you don't know, like you don't, you have to decide before you have any memories of your life or know what it's like. And you don't know like necessarily if you actually can return. It's just like a chance to go back that it might not work out. But um, she decides to try and return and you have to collect all these memories of your life to give you the chance to. And so it's like all about her adventures there of learning more about herself and what happens in the in-between and the dangers there. Um, so yeah, it's been pretty fun to write a bit of a challenge actually, cause it's so different. Like, you know, I'm like, wait, can I show their normal body reactions if she's not having a real body? Like it's been very confusing. Oh, that but, would be challenging. That's a really cool premise though. I like it. Yeah, also another dream, so. <laughs> Well, I challenge you to write a standalone because I well, only have one standalone, but it's really only because I had to do it for an, I not had to do it, but I did it for an anthology and it's supposed to be, it, the rules were it, it had to be a standalone, but I have people saying, hey, I want you to continue that one. I'm like, sorry, I can't, but because every time I write a book, I love it so much that I have to do more. <laughs> yeah, I've never like, from the get-go, I always know that my books are either going to be like a series or like I feel like I always am planning on series so this whole standalone thing is like very very different to me I'm like oh like it's very freeing in a way so I'm like oh I don't have to worry about any like foreshadowing or any like consistency with later books I'm just like this is it and then I'm done right well that's a cool that's a little bit freeing too <laughs> it is it really is but I can see why you'd be like actually I love this way more than I thought I would and I don't want it to end quite yet <laughs> Yeah, I did talk to an author that she, yeah, she killed everybody or wrapped everybody up. And I'm like, what? You did what? <laughs> I'm like, oh no, don't do that. Yeah, she, was horror, not... she was a horror author though. So it's a little bit easier to kill everybody <laughs> in horror. Yeah, I definitely have my fair share of uh, deaths or disappearances and things like that in the haunting books, but um Oh, actually, there's even some deaths in the magic ones, so I'm no stranger to that, but it's hard. Have you have you ever killed a big character? Do you feel like, like, I would just, like, bawling every time I write any chapters like oh, that? Oh, no, yeah, I cry when I'm writing all the time, yeah. No, my, so mom, <laughs> my mom actually challenged me to this, um, and I killed my mom because <laughs> she was like, oh, I want to be a character that dies. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, challenge accepted. <laughs> I'm like, you better watch what you wish for around me. <laughs> I say, my mom always gets mad at me because in the hauntings books, um, well, you know, they say write what you know. So I like, I always end up drawing more of my life into the books than I probably should. But like, she, she considers the dad in the hauntings series. She pretty much is like, she's like, stop doing that to your father. And I'm like, mom, it's a series. It's <laughs> but a she, like, refuses to book, separate. mom. <laughs> So just to make sure, your which series is a YA series, correct? Um, they're both YA, like the. They're both YA. Okay. Yeah. So my goal is essentially, for all of my books, I want them, even if they're not YA, like the till the book I'm working on right now is called Till Life Do Us Part, and it's currently the main character is like 30 years old, so it's not really YA, but yet the content is completely like YA appropriate. You know, like my. I like to write books where I'm like, 
my my 10 year old niece could pick it up and I wouldn't have to worry about her reading it you know so it's like my goal for everything I write is to have it be clean but then it like starts to blur the lines I'm like wait so do I still mark this as YA if the protagonist isn't or like you know like if the only thing making it YA is the age like it's very confusing actually <laughs> yeah that was hard when I wrote my first series as well because it was new adult quote unquote because the character is in college uh -huh. So you can't call it YA because I think you're supposed to call it based on the age of the characters, but then it's clean new adult because I fade to black and yeah, I have it pretty much PG-13 appropriate. Um, and somebody said, well, why didn't you just set it in high school? I was like, okay, well, I guess I could have done that. I don't know. But. It's like, but you don't always want to read about high school kids, you know, like I'm like, I want to read about a girl who, or a woman who's like, you know, 30 and like in this case, well, she doesn't really know, but just like say like 30 and she's like struggled with life and like not in love yet and stuff like that. Like you don't care if a 16 year old hasn't found love yet. You're 16. Like, of course you haven't found love. <laughs> or if you have, it probably won't be, probably won't be happily ever after. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I, I am going to do the same. I'm planning these Jane Austen modern retellings for this girl. She's going to go through her years of college with the books and but it'll be the same, it'll be clean. Um, so I'm like, you know, it's like, well, why not make it why? I'm like, well, because it's a college story. Like it's this girl coming into herself, you know, like not everything's about high school students. <laughs> right, That well, I love the premise of your new book and that sounds super fun. When is that coming out? I'm not sure exactly, but my goal is to get the first draft done by the end of the month and then it has to go through the beta readers and an editor. Actually, I still have to get my cover figured out. My The cover designer I usually use, so sad. Her house was destroyed and like she lives in the Philippines with all the storms and stuff. So she isn't working right now. And so I need to just find somebody new. But um, anyway, so there's still a lot to do, but I figure I can tackle that, you know, the more technical stuff once the draft's done and it's out to betas because then I'll have time to focus. But I'm hoping like April, maybe May at the latest. Oh, fun. That's awesome. Yeah. Anything else on the books for after that? Yeah, um, after that, my goal is I want to crank out. I actually want to do a fifth Japanese hauntings book just for Halloween, like a little revisit the world for people because um, a lot of them were sad that it ended. And I was like, well, there's no reason. It's like, like the story arc is over, but there's still like, you know, as long as you have Japanese ghosts to bring in and you have the characters, like you can keep going. Mm -hmm. So I might do a little revisiting for that for Halloween. And then I want to do a fourth magic book because there's four friends, but only three of them told their story. Okay. So again, it's like after the main arc ends, but kind of like what's happening after, like the after effects of everything that went down in the first three. So that'll be fun. And then, um, yeah, those those Jane Austen retellings, and then I have some fantasy, not fantasy, some fairy tale retellings. I'm thinking that would be fun to do. Super fun. This is my favorite question to ask authors, and hopefully it won't stump you too much. What do you want your readers to experience or take away from reading your book? Oh no, this is easy because this is literally the reason I started writing. So when I was a reader, certain books like I don't, I read fantasy a lot, but I also love like pretty much anything fiction. Like I love Regency um, stories and romances. And there's this book called Edenbrook by Julianne Donaldson. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but I just like loved it so much. I remember one night I was just like on my floor, like rolling around, like, ah, I love this so much. And it was like, you know, this like made me so excited. And just like, I don't know, it's, a, I guess, a weird reaction. But I was like, I just want to write books that 
bring people like such excitement and like joy like that, you know, like the things that I got to experience as a reader, I want to share that with others. And so that's why I like to write. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for being here and sharing your books with us. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. You're such a great host, Trisha. <laughs> yeah, this is a lot of fun. And as always, when I talk to authors, I want to go one click all of their books. So <laughs> I will be picking up at least, I'm, I'm not into ghosts because ghosts scare me. Yeah, but, they are very spooky. So if you don't like like suspenseful reads, I would avoid them. Yeah, I, I'm going to pick up the magic one though. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, well, I hope to hear what you think about it. Great. Have a good day. You too. Bye, Trish. Bye. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Trisha. That's okay. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Finding the Magic podcast. I'm your host, author and podcaster, Trisha Copeland, and I love getting behind the scenes. If you like the podcast, make sure to subscribe and stop in each week, discover new authors and books. Thanks for listening. And until next time, keep finding the magic.